This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all well. I became obsessed last year with a programme on television called A New Life in the Country, which was about a family moving and building this amazing house. And the woman of the family is called Sarah Beanie. You know her well. She's been on telly a lot with property programmes. And um, I just wanted to talk to her because I became a big fan. And here she is today, Sarah Beanie. Sarah, hello. Hello, hi, how oh, are you? So actually, we've spoken on the phone. I feel like I really, really know you because I, I, I'm my husband and I were huge fans of your program. Oh, and so you're I, very feel like, I feel like I really know you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're very kind. Well, everyone knows you, of course. I mean, I, well, not, <laughs> not everyone, but... <laughs> but I think everyone. <laughs> lots of people, lots an of people. icon. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> but so I was thrilled when you when I got in touch with you to see if you'd come and join me on my little chat and have a cup of tea. Lovely. Um, but when I contacted you, it was before I read in the paper your, about your diagnosis, which I know you said you're happy to talk about. You look fantastic. How how are you? Uh, do you know I'm doing really well? Actually, I think. Um, I mean, it's a roller coaster ride, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm doing well. I'm really lucky. The treatment nowadays is amazing, and I, mean, I think the, it was a bit of a shock. My mum died when I was really young from breast cancer so um so I was 10 and so I kind of waited 40 years expecting to get it when they said it I was a bit like uh mm. oh. but actually it's sort of been up from there because I was expecting the worst and the treatment's amazing and I've got amazing wigs uh, this is one of my wigs at that's the a wig <laughs> yes that is that's brilliant. brilliant oh I want one that's fantastic <laughs> it's amazing I don't have to do my hair anymore it's totally excellent so yeah so um I mean wigs are brilliant and and actually, the treatment's been not too bad. They have amazing, you know, things that stop you feeling sick. And, oh, good. Yeah, so good. But what's good. wonderful, I thought, when 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 I read about it, it's wonderful that you're coming out and talking about it because I think for a long time with any sort of cancer, people tended not to talk about it. And I think if people like you come out and talk about it, it helps so many women um, and men if it's, you know, a male cancer, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... One of the things I realise is that I was, uh, my fear of, of about cancer was based on, on you know, old medical treatment, which mm-hmm. is forty years old, and we've moved on so far from that. So, and also one of my sons pointed out, he said, you know, when you talk about cancer, you only think about the people who've died of cancer, and then I started thinking about all the people who have being cured of cancer and he said there's masses of them yeah. and I was like yeah, yeah. but you never they, you don't assume you don't talk about that anymore you know because they just had it a while ago That's a few right. years ago yeah um so I think there is a fear but the most important thing I want I, I feel really really lucky because um I'm in a position where I'm able to talk about something and I think mm-hmm. the fear of cancer is 
is the thing that prevents a lot of people from going and getting things checked out. And the earlier the prognosis, the better the outcome. And that's the one thing I would say. To, I've met so many people and talked to people who have had a lump and haven't been, they'd be too scared to go. The sooner you go, the sooner it gets sorted and the more likely you are to be totally yeah, fine. Really, really good advice. I know. Well, yeah. well done and, you. So I'm, yeah, I feel really lucky that I've got a plan. Also, I'm really lucky because I've, I've, in my job, I'm able to, you know, some, if you worked from seven in the morning to seven at night, mm -hmm. it would be really hard, but I can juggle stuff around. So I'm yeah. so fortunate in so many ways. And so I sort of think if I've got, you know, I've got a tannoy, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> well, I, I think it's brilliant. And, you know, um, I'm sure along with me, everyone is wishing you the best and everything. Oh, thank you. But you look fabulous. The reason I got in touch, because Lee and I, Lee, my husband's called Lee, and we we became obsessed with <laughs> a new life in the country. I mean, God. I mean, it, at number one, it was wonderful to have a programme like that to look forward to every week, you know, when the COVID thing was going on. And, um, I, I mean, it's just, it was such a good, I can't believe you, do, do you live there still? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, I'm never, never leaving here. This is, uh, I mean, it's amazing. Well, we were so lucky in so many ways because we, we moved to the country. I mean, someone did say, did I plan the pandemic? But I definitely didn't because <laughs> that would A, make me Satan and B, make me much more powerful than I am. But, um, but yeah, we did move to the country uh, and then COVID hit and we were building a house. So we were really, really lucky because we had a project and we were, we shut down for a bit and we were able to, you know, keep tradesmen apart and and so we were very very fortunate but but yeah we so we built this house and it is it's i mean it's a bit of a you know we had a lot of businesses all over the country we had a, a house in yorkshire which is a wedding venue we had a house in london we had various businesses so we sort of sold everything i call it decluttering someone said it's quite extreme decluttering and i was like <laughs> i have to just say if if any listeners haven't seen your program i'm sure you can get it on demand so do watch it. It's brilliant. But it's not just a house. It's, I mean, it, it's a big house. It's a gorgeous house built in, in, it's a new house, but it's built in period style, correct? Yes. Well, it's. You it's, explain it because you explain it. Yeah. It's, well, that's exactly it. And we had a, we had a building at risk that we restored in Yorkshire, which was much bigger than this. So my justification is that this is a downside. So that had, it had 97 <laughs> rooms, 32 <laughs> bedrooms, you know, it was like massive, massive, massive. And it was oh a massive goodness. building at risk. So from that house, but also we've developed houses over the years, loads. So, but over the years, we've always said, oh, you know, if the perfect kitchen would be like that and the perfect bedroom would be like this and the perfect, and I always thought that was a, you know, just passing conversation but I didn't realize that my husband Graham had been planning this all the way through and he was like no no no, that's serious I was like yeah I know but you know we're not actually going to do it and and then there was a moment where you know you reach these sort of crossroads in life where I realized he was deadly serious that he thought we should <laughs> actually go and, and buy a farm and build this house that we talked about and um and I thought well I could just say no or I could just say yes and and you know in life sometimes the predictable thing is, you know, you're safe if you say no, you stay where you are and you don't change and that's all fine. But then you don't know what will happen if you say yes. And I quite like sort of, you know, a risk. And it was a risk. So anyway, we did. And the kids, you know, needed. We had lots and lots of things that aligned. And, and my brother lived down in Somerset and um, my dad had a stroke and the kids were 
at school in London and, and the, you know, the slightly toxic education system in London where there's this horrendous kind of, they were all coming up to that, trying to get into a secondary school oh, thing, yeah. which, and there was like tutoring going on sort of, you know, like through the night and with everyone. I was like, what? They're like eight, what's going on? <laughs> um, and so I, we just jumped ship, went and Brilliant. I don't regret it. Yeah. We, so we built the house and we did a series on it. And, and if I'm honest, there was, do you know, the, I think I accept that I think in um in lockdown there was probably you know it I mean it is you know it's idyllic and, and lovely and a lot of people said we don't want to be seeing this in the pandemic we want to see you know people with covid know what's going on in hospitals and and then there was a nurse that tweeted me and I thought it was so sweet she said you know after working for a 14 hour yeah. shift that I've just done I've come back and and I watch your show and at least it's just escapism and it's nice yeah. I thought you know if that's only one nurse that gets a bit of well, and me. comfort and, and me. you <laughs> you and Lee and this we, nurse. we never missed it, it no. Like, no and I agree you know obviously one watched all the things that were going on but although I have to say in the, the height of the lockdown uh, we used to watch the 10 o'clock news and I actually switched it to the six o'clock news because I was going to bed really upset really I mean I know it's selfish because I, I wasn't ill but you know both Lee and I are in the upper bracket age-wise and we, it was scary. Really it was really scary. scary. So was, I actually stopped watching the news after six o'clock and just watched lighter things. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. I could sleep. Yeah, we'll watch things like our show with um, lots of antics in the countryside and bees and things. Um, but, but no, but we're also. I mean, we've never done anything on your scale, but we've both done up various houses in various countries. Like we lived in LA for a while. And um, and actually, we got the house I'm talking to you from. We we got it three weeks before COVID hit. Amazing, brilliant! So actually, we had a project. It didn't need oh. a lot of work, but it, you know, all houses need things doing. Yeah, they do, and I do think I feel I was. You know, I did think there's so. I, I mean, I know how fortunate we were because there were lots of people who were in homes where they were fine if you just sleep there and you you just go to work in the morning at 6.30 in the morning and off you go and come back. But they were in those homes, you know, to be in a little studio flat. I and I think about the, the people with, you know, single mums with kids, kids in a tiny flat, not getting out at all, no garden, no school, no work. I'm, you know, I I don't underestimate how horrendous it, it was. No. And, I, and I do think, you know, that, well, time will tell but the fallout from from locking down a whole generation is is quite severe and I, you know i know we're on the totally lucky end of it but no well us yeah. too i mean god you know I, yeah. that's all we used to say is what what would you do if you had three kids in a yeah. no in a money two bedroom apartment no money and you can't go yeah. out and there's no garden yeah i mean oh, horrendous God. yeah we it's, talked about that all the time. And I, I kept know. every time the children complained, I was like, Do you know? Do you have know. any idea how lucky you are? So, and the other people that my heart went out to were like the, the 18 to 25 year olds, because totally. that's the age where you, you know, you fall in love, fall out of love, mm. get new friends, travel. They couldn't do anything. Well, make mistakes, isn't it, actually? And I, I so I have a slight theory that you you learn confidence from mistakes. So you do things wrong. 
and you <laughs> muck up and you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then you get off the floor and you think, oh, I really am an absolute idiot. But it's that <laughs> process of climbing off the floor and going, I've got to face the world again. And that gives you confidence. And if you don't do that for, you know, well, I read in your bio, because I'm very good, I read up on people before I talk to I knew a lot about you, but I didn't know everything, that you travel, you went traveling age 17 around the world on your own. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was kind brave. of... Well, do you know, it's funny, because I look back now, um, I always thought it was completely normal when I was young, because I was, you know, I was 17. I was like, yeah, I'm an adult. What's the big deal? But it's only when you get older and you look back at people who are 17 and think, crikey, you're quite young. 17-year-olds seem to be terribly young. But then I, and I do look back now and think all the things that I thought were normal for me when I was I was very young doing lots of things and I thought everyone was weird thinking that I was young. I thought they just didn't understand. And now I look back and think, no, I was actually really young. So I went interrailing at 15 on my own with two friends around Europe. We were like, I was looking back now thinking, we kind of slept on the beach and we slept like in station doorways and stuff with our sleeping bags at 15. Did your mum know? And my mum had died. So oh, she would have died if she'd died. known. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. I beg your pardon. I'm no, so no, sorry. No, what about it. your dad? Well, my dad did, but I was quite difficult to control. Like, I had a lovely stepmother, but I don't think I was very easy at being told. I don't think I took being told what to do very well. So um, <laughs> so I think she, you know, when, to be honest, I sort of said I'm going into training. I do remember my dad saying, I don't think you can do that. I'm not going to give you the money. So I said, don't worry, I've earned it because I work in the little, I used to cycle to the little chef and wash up there. And you could get jobs at 15 in those days. Mm. You just ask for a job and get paid. And it used to come in a little brown envelope in cash, which is much better. Mm. Um, I love that. Um, So I kind of, I sort of earned the money and said, well, I'm going anyway. And he was like, oh, well, then you'd better go with my blessing. And I was like, amazing. And it must have been, you must have had some amazing times. Um, amazing, amazing. But but I don't know. I don't know who I was. I look back now, actually, when I went traveling around the world at 17, I I think I was trying to prove to someone that I could go and that I would be fine. I'm not quite sure who I was trying to prove that to because no one <laughs> said I couldn't. So I now look back and think I, had, I think I had a big... Because you travelled a lot when you were young, didn't you? You were very yeah, young. But, yeah, well, because of what happened to me, yeah, I was off off from age 16 and a half, really. But I always had people with me and I was working. So it was yes. slightly different. I didn't kind of go off backpacking or anything like that. No. I kind of lost my upper teenage years in a way because of what happened to me. I suppose that's true because you were suddenly like a 25-year-old, yeah. almost, like a total grown-up. Yeah, I I, I literally went from school, which I actually loved. I was a grammar school. I loved it. And then because of being discovered and thrown into whatever I was thrown into, you know, I suddenly was going to New York and Milan and Paris. And I mean, it was great. But I missed that growing up period with my mates because I was working and I was in the public eye. and And I often look back and think, I wonder what I'd have been like if I'd have got those learning years really aren't they yeah although you can never regret i always think i always think you sort of you only where you are because of what's come before so you'd have to be careful what you if you changed anything it would all change i would say oh god don't change anything because if you know like i often think god if you know if my mum hadn't died when i was 10 then 
then I probably wouldn't have my kids and I wouldn't be married to my husband. I wouldn't be, I might be somewhere else and I might have yeah. other kids, but I don't want other ones. I want my no. ones. So, <laughs> so I, I have think- to say we fell in love with your boys. They're so mm. lovely. You know, they, they, they're very naughty, but they are quite loving. <laughs> <laughs> I do- meant, meant to be naughty sometimes. <laughs> yes, they are. They're, and they're, they're cool. They're, you know, they're very, I, I feel very fortunate and, um, they they're kind of a little bit hyperactive and a little bit wild and but they do sing and they have a band and that's kind of cool and they've got a band Brilliant. with dad which but is they've amazing. got a band together yeah with with my husband Aww. so um they they had an amazing so they played 13 gigs this summer which was amazing then they played at car fest which is amazing incredible. Uh, amazing. Totally amazing what they called well it was it was <laughs> they're called the entitled sons that's because, um, because, <laughs> because to be honest, that's what everyone said on social media when the show was coming out and they, they just went, let's just call ourselves it. Cause everyone's calling us it anyway, might as well get in there first. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so they are called the entitled sons. That's great. But, and it's now stuck. They were going to change the name, but it's sort of stuck and they can't think of anything else to call themselves now. And, um, and were they, were they, I, I mean, I, you know that they seem so comfortable on camera. Did were they? Did you have to sit them down and say we're going to do this? We're going to film it. Are you okay to be in it? I mean, were they all right about that? Or they're probably so used to you doing it. So yeah, they're a bit used to me doing it. And I've often taken them like one by one to work to different things. You know, if I think there's something really interesting, we filmed an advert once and um, for one of our businesses, and I was like, hey, look, I'm going to take you one by one to different days of filming because you need to. You know how an advert's like millions of people yeah. suddenly, and you think that's incredible. So I, so they've seen different sort of. You know, they they have been exposed to it, but but we filmed a series in in Rise Hall in Yorkshire, and so they were only teeny wee then. So um. But so they've been around cameras, but I guess, I mean, I did sit them down and say, look, the thing about this series is it's in or out. You can't, you can't say yes and then get like three weeks in and go, oh, I don't really want to do it. You, you either commit or don't commit. And it's totally fine either way. And then I had the same conversation after series two and we've just filmed series three. And I sat down again and went, look, in or out, your choice, totally. And they quite enjoy it now. And, you know, I, I was quite protective about them not doing stuff when they were little, but now... I figure they're old enough to do it, make their own choice and they quite enjoy it and it makes them behave better. They're very polite to me on camera. Oh, good. <laughs> well, they're not like that off camera. No, no. And also, they, you know, when they, that flipping iPad thing, I'm like, just get off your iPads. But of course, when they're filming, they can't be on an iPad. I hate that. That's another reason I hate lockdown is that the oh, iPad came out. I mm. know. I know. I've got, I've got, my daughter's got two, they're little, they're two and a half and seven and that was the hardest thing for her because the seven year well she was six last year you know it's just how do I keep her off the iPad or you know she was doing school work as well but then they get bored and they couldn't go out and yeah well also they're used to the iPad for school so it's sort of there plus the fact every time you walk behind any screen where a child's in a lesson it's weirdly not in a lesson they're doing something else like Minecraft or something like <laughs> <laughs> they're not in a lesson at all. I actually, I think it's open Pandora's box a bit. It's interesting because my 18 year old, Billy, who um, he's just left, just done his A-levels. And he said, uh, so he had a, he was old. We, we didn't, they didn't have a lot of tech when they were growing up. It, it came out in COVID a lot, but, um, but, uh, but he said, you know, by the time I have children, 
there will be no technology at schools. And he said, I can't believe your generation thinks it's acceptable. And he said, it's like the emperor's new clothes. And he said, I just can't understand how you think it's okay that that young people, are, we don't learn anything at school on, on iPads. Everyone, it's just not a way of learning. And, and actually, so him and my, both my elder two, both know that they would learn more if they took the iPads out of school and went back to pen and paper, but the schools wow. can't do it. And he thinks that will happen. Yeah, he's really convinced. He said oh, it's it's so bad for people's mental health that that he says you know it's there's no you can't have little children on a device that it's like you know to be honest it's a bit like giving little children drugs and think it's okay. Yeah, it's like well they do get okay. addicted, don't they? Yeah, it's more addictive than cocaine. And yeah. and the the downside. I mean, you had a career without social media, didn't you? But now I'm like, can oh. you imagine? I mean, I I get asked about that because when when what happened? You know, I'm talking about 1966 when I was discovered. You know, we didn't have mobile phones. We there wasn't there were there were fashion magazines, but very you know you had Vogue and Harper's and a, a few kind of women's magazines like Women's Mirror and Woman and. And then teenage magazines, but that was it. There was, and then now, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling. I don't know. I don't, I certainly wouldn't have been able to cope with the social media aspect and all the. No, I think it's very. People saying um, things. Yeah. I mean, I, well, also it's very, um, so I listened to this really interesting radio program the other day and they said that you can get sort of fatigue from it because you, people who are, if you're creating something, so if you're a writer or a, an artist or, or anything, you know, a musician and you're mm -hmm. writing stuff, you not only have to, you can't embed yourself in writing something or writing some music or recording because you've got to be constantly feeding this like kind of, you know, three or four times a day, you've got to be feeding the elephant, well, I don't know what you call it out there, like the yeah. snake out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, it's like a beast. Yes, and, and you have to constantly be thinking, what can I feed on this? What can I feed on this? So that zone that you used to be able to go into, which would be a really creative place where you'd kind of step back and go, right, I'm going to spend a month or a week or six weeks or three months and and do something really, like get into myself and create something. You couldn't mm -hmm. do that because you have to keep feeding. Otherwise, you just don't exist anymore. So it's very peculiar, isn't it's it? It's weird, isn't and it? And the other thing I we heard last year or year before, which I thought was very upsetting, was that, a friend of ours had a young friend who'd an actress and she'd gone up, she'd got down to the last two in America, in LA for a big job. And she ended up not getting the job because the producer said, we actually liked you, you're a better actress, but Susie Smith or whatever her name was, has mm. got more Instagram followers than you, social media. Well, I, that's the problem. That's terrifying. It is. It is. And that's then, and that's, well, it's very, it's sad, isn't it? Because it, that creativity, I think it's very hard. I sort of sometimes wonder if there's enough time to be someone who's really creative and an influencer. Because I think an influencer, you need to only be an influencer because you yeah. can't go and do anything. You couldn't have, you couldn't be an actress or a writer and an influencer because to be an influencer, you've got to be doing it 24 seven. Apparently, apparently it's ex it's exhausting. Yes, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's I don't know. It's a mad old world, and I probably sound like I'm a terribly grumpy middle aged lady for this. <laughs> well, I'm a very grumpy old lady. <laughs>
Are you have you got your tea? By I the way, I have. I've got what my do you tea. Drink? Uh, well, I, this is on coffee actually, but I like. I'm a big tea fan. I love tea. Tea I've is got lemon and ginger. Lemon and ginger. Mm. Yeah, that's a good Very one nice. actually. Well, the best way to do it is fresh lemon and fresh ginger. Yes. I do that sometimes. That's really good for you. Good for your tummy. Yes, there's a very good tea, which is a clipper tea, which is called oh, yeah. Nor and Peace. If you, oh. which someone gave me years ago, and you can get it online, and it's it's lavender and chamomile. Ooh. Oh my Perfect. goodness! How lovely! Perfect. Yeah, I, I didn't think, know you could drink lavender. That's yes. interesting. Yes, it's absolutely oh. delicious. I have to say, Ooh, so. I'm going to have a go at that. War yes. and peace. War. No, snore and peace. Oh, war. snore. War I thought you said war and peace. I thought, where does the war come in? No, it's just snore. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you met. Uh, you were really young when you met your husband. Yes. Ryan. Yeah. Um. I was uh, nineteen, and oh. he was eighteen. Oh. Really young. So young. I found well, you a picture. Got, you got a toy boy. Well, yeah. Well, he <laughs> says we're a different generation, which is so irritating. <laughs> I know. It, it's like a year and a quarter apart. I think you should thump him for that. He's so annoying. <laughs> and then I say to people, "Oh, yeah. Well, we have different eras, Sarah and I. <laughs> eras? I'm like what? I mean, I was terribly clever at school, so um, I was two years. About, ahead of him so I was the last um O level year and he was the second GCSE year but I wasn't really clever by the way I just got moved up but <laughs> I just I'm sure you that. were how did you meet do you met him at school uh no no what's even more nauseating actually because uh <laughs> because really nauseating this so my brother was going out with his sister and, That's right. and they introduced us and now they're married to each other and and we're married to each other and we have four kids and they have four it's, it's actually, a romantic novel by Daphne du Maurier it is it is it's sort of mad but um it's somehow or another it works really well although it sounds really nauseating and we even worse we all go on holiday together and all our kids are really just don't friends. fall out with your brother no i'm never gonna fall out with my brother i couldn't he's my be best friend in all that world. was a joke that was a joke <laughs> no that would that would be terrible but you know that's so yeah so we met when we were really young and then they got married and then i remember when they got married because we were obviously living together when they got married and we were like oh my god tomorrow we're going to be that like brother and sister-in-law that's really weird <laughs> really weird that is weird that's so, so um, it took us a bit longer to get married but uh yeah and do you do you live now you've moved do you live near each other yeah so we lived really close to each other in london about half a mile and we were in and out and my I, we had a business with my brother as well so it was uh, okay. graham and my brother and i had a development business and a, a, a property investment business and then um and then they moved out of uh, London to Somerset about three years before us and we really really missed them like really badly and then we moved down which was which was great so now we're about a bit further I'd like to be about 10 minutes but we're actually about well I say half an hour it's actually about 40 minutes but I just lie about it yeah I said years ago because I've done for years of being on telly I've done so much traveling and mainly on the train and um and years ago I decided I was never going to run for another train because because it's so stressful, you know, when you <sighs> sprint and sprint and sprint, and then it, it just it, shuts the door, shuts the door, and your heart's racing, and it's all just like. And I just thought, I'm not going to run for another train. I'm just going to get there on time. I'm going to walk, and I'm yeah. going to you know, just if I miss the train, I miss the train because the stress factor of say, screeching in. <laughs> but I that's what I said to Carly. You know that I couldn't, I can't stand the stress. Of no, you know, maybe missing a plane or maybe missing a train. No, it's very tiring. Stress, stress actually, I do think is is 
probably one of the things that we need to try and take out of our lives. Don't you think that's why tea is good? Yeah. More tea, yeah. less stress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. I mean, having children gives you stress, I suppose. But well, um, but I wouldn't be without mine. But and I'm no. sure you wouldn't be without yours. But no, they are love. They're lovely. I mean, mine's grown up. I mean, mine's she's in her forties, but you know, she's still my baby, and she's still. <laughs> I'm the one she calls if there's a problem. Well, yes. Was, I always remember this lovely, I've got a gorgeous friend who, um, she's got three boys and she, she's so wonderful. And she they lived next to us in, in Yorkshire. And she said that one of her sons phoned her from the central reservation, having had an accident on the motorway, phoned her from the central reservation, went, mum, mum, I've had an accident. I'm in the central reservation having had an accident. She was like, get off the phone and ring 999 now. He was like, oh, I thought I'd ring you. She's like, no, not me, not me. Oh my <laughs> no, God. Yeah, well, I think mums are always there. <laughs> I know. Oh God! But yeah, yeah. It's uh, no. I'm very lucky. They're very good boys, really. Yeah. Well, they look gorgeous. I mean, I'm sure they have their moments. They like do. They do. And actually, well, <laughs> I always think, why don't they do as they're told? And then my brother, who's quite wise at times, and he said, the thing is, you never did as you were told. And I went, no, that is true, actually. <laughs> and I always think, why can't they just just do when I say just do that? Why don't they do it? But yeah. yeah. I, you know, the end of our main argument is is about getting in the car on time to get to school, which is yeah. just yeah. so that's, annoying. That's what Carly said. It she said it's like a nightmare. Yeah. Now she's good. got a two and a half year olds in the nursery. Luckily, the schools are near each other, but she has to get him in the in the seat and then get Joni in, who's you know always running late. Yeah. And then getting one in the nursery and then running down the road with the other one. <laughs> yes. And then trying to get to work and then getting your head into like work mode like that, like click, click, click into work mode. This morning, actually, I took the kids uh, to school and I had to, and this is, so this is a kind of fairly standard. One of them had forgot their socks. So I de-socked myself, passed the socks backwards, went, look, take my socks. I'll get some more socks later. <laughs> Yes, well, he so forgot to put them on. I think he was so late in the car that he'd been <laughs> shouted at so much that he just ran with holding the shoes and his clothes. And then in the car, realized he didn't have the socks. So yeah, de socks into the back. Oh, that's so funny. How did you, because I read you, you were thinking of being an actress, right? And you went to drama school, did you? Uh, no, I didn't get into drama school. I oh, would have okay. loved to be an actress. I did apply for a few years to drama school and I nearly got into Webber Douglas, but they, I didn't get through. I got through to the final, there used to be like heats in those days. I don't know how it works now, but this is like a billion years ago. And so, so I, they sort of, yeah, I kind of got to the kind of final round and they said, just as understandably, they said, look, um, the truth is we had someone who was a bit like you that we gave a place last week. So, you know, I'm kind of like a does happen, actually, blonde, yeah. middle classy yeah. kind of girl. And they had one of those. So that was that was why I <laughs> got that one yeah, off. The like, tick, no, thank you. And that's fair enough. You know, the world has always been. I mean, I kind of get it. And I just was there too late. Um but then off I went and had a property. We ended up having a career instead, and and weirdly then out popped presenting, which I wasn't planning I'll on say, doing. How did that that kind of because you you went into property with Graham, right? Yeah, and my brother. Property, yeah. So yeah, so developing. We, developing. So how did the TV thing happen? Because you know you've done so many. I know forever. I thought it would only last for really? a minute, but it. Uh, what was the first one? Was it Property Ladder? Yes. So that was your first one. So yeah, my, my first thing on telly was Property Ladder, 
and I, so yeah, I was kind of, we'd, I had this business for about 10 years and I met someone at a hen party and they said, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, well, I've got this property development business. And then the next day I got a phone call from this researcher saying, would you, we're looking for, I didn't even know what she was talking about. She said contributors, which didn't mean anything to me and a presenter for this new series. And, um, and I kind of went, well, I, I suppose I don't mind presenting it. Not, I didn't even understand what she was really talking about. So anyway, <laughs> then I went for this audition and they, they, they sort of talked to me and they said, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, it was really, it was sort of totally out of the blue. And then, and it was really, really badly paid. And so I sort of thought about turning it down because I thought well, it's, I can earn more just carrying on developing really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was actually my stepmother who said, look, you know, you you, ne- you only regret things you don't do. You might as well say yes and see where it goes. Wow, she was right. <laughs> I know. It's not. And then every year I kept thinking, oh, they won't. I didn't even have an agent or anything. And after the first series, so I wouldn't sign the contract because I couldn't work out whether I should sign it. So I just filmed it all. And then it got to the end of the series. I was like, I still haven't got an agent. And I, anyway, eventually someone took pity on me and said, I'll take you to my friend and she could be, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. And then it kept being repeated. They kept recommissioning it and recommissioning it and recommissioning it. And, and yeah. And I mean, it's been, I've had the most, I've loved my career. It's been amazing. I'm so, so lucky because I get to meet people all over the country. Yeah, it must be fascinating. But you are very, very good at it and you're very personable. I think that's why they've all been such hits you know, to watch. Well, you're very kind. I think I think I've just been lucky, to be honest. But, um, but ah, I'm, it's, no, it's not all luck. No, no, no. It's been, <laughs> it's been tremendous fun, and there's nothing more amazing than meeting. You know, I've met people in parts of the country I'd have never gone to that I would have never met from different, you know, like backgrounds and different countries and different. You just think, God, I'd never have met those people, and they've everyone's so interesting in life. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've met extraordinary people. Yeah. Because I've travelled. And you would never have met them if you hadn't had no. a career like you had. Exactly. You? I and think... I, you know, I didn't plan my career. That happened to me. So, yeah. I mean, I it, do. Everything's a plus. Well, yes. <laughs> I do often think, um, I think in a way, I, I often look at, you know, younger people now and they say, oh, I don't know what to do. And I'm planning this and I'm planning that. And I kind of think, really in life, I think it's good to have a goal that you're aiming to mm-hmm. somewhere, but don't get too set on it. Just make sure that you say yes to everything along the way, because I sort of did want to, I quite like the idea of being a Hollywood actress, but that didn't happen, but something else happened along the way. And if I'd been so set on that, I'd have just said no to everything and I'd have never been a Hollywood actress. I might have been, I don't know. I, you, know you might who knows? have been. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but, um, but actually along the way, I think you just... I kind of, my frustration with anyone who's young is just say yes, take every opportunity, say yes to everything, because you just don't know what's going to happen next or, or where it's who going. you're going to meet, what door's going to open. Yeah. I mean, listen, doors shut as well. Oh, but... yeah, doors shut, doors open, yeah. but other ones come along and you just, you know, you might end up with, I don't know, you know, I often, th- I met later on in life, when I was at school, I kind of just assumed that, well, there weren't really careers that were talked about at school. You were either a teacher or you went to university, which I was never going to go because I think I was dyslexic actually probably, but you know, or maybe ADHD or something. Anyway, something that <laughs> meant school really didn't suit me. But uh, yeah, when you could either be a teacher or go to university or, or kind of maybe be a doctor or something. And then years later, I've got a really good friend who was a, a production manager at a big theatre in London. And, 
And I didn't even know there was a production. I didn't even know that was a job to be a production mm-hmm. manager. And and the fact that you could be like a girl and be a, the main production manager at the National Theatre never occurred to me yeah. that you could that even existed. And and I sort of think actually, actually, if I'd known all those things along the way, I might have taken some other paths. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. But but I guess I'd say to anyone who's young, just say yes to everything. And see yeah. what turns up because exactly because you know. if it doesn't work out you move on totally and you learn something i mean years ago i you know i'd done lots of things but i'd never done a big show on 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 a, a major in a major theater and i was offered by a he was a friend of mine but he wanted to do a big musical on broadway and when he rang me about it to star opposite him i said oh, i can't do that because the thought of <laughs> Yeah. The thought of going, you know, I was fine with cameras and yeah, do a catwalk little, everywhere, <laughs> little gigs. But the thought of going out on Broadway, it was like, oh my god, you must be crazy. And I said, I can't, oh, I, I can't do that. And he said to me, "There's no such word as can't. Pack your bags and get to New York." And you know, we opened, we had a smash hit show, but there we and are. It was scary. I was really scared, but I trusted him. Yeah, he he's he's brilliant, and he was co-directing it, and um, and it was an amazing. It was probably the most amazing career experience in my life. Yeah, because because I didn't think I could do it, and actually I could. <laughs> yes, but you can if you. You're right. You can if you try. And what you learn from from like overcoming fears that yeah, you have right. is so massive, and. You know, you you grow as a person because you've overcome those. And I learned so much. Yeah. I learned so much that I didn't know because I didn't go to drama school because of what happened to me. I kind of fell in it backwards. Yeah. So I learned amazing things about technique and about singing and about dying. You know, it's like yeah. talk about being thrown in the deep end, which I kind of was, but. But you don't it regret was it. An ama- oh my God, no. It yeah. was the most amazing experience of, of my you know, working career, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, be- and that be- because you- I was, I you know, because I didn't think I could do it, and actually but I could. It, but that's like an amazing, in- incredible opportunity. But but you you would have had little opportunities that you already have said yes to, which got you to that place. And you yeah. could have said no to a billion other things before then, and you wouldn't that's have got true. there. So so you sort of made your own luck, really, because you said yes yeah, to the hundred things yeah, along suppose, the way. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. It's it's weird. Some things I don't know. Some things kind of did just happen because what what happened to me initially, you know, was as big a shock to me. That <laughs> are they crazy? I'm this funny skinny kid, you know, who loved clothes, <laughs> painted her face in mad, you know, yeah. makeup. But it was a time, wasn't it? It was a moment in time that was that you yeah. were the yeah. The, what happened to me couldn't have happened five years earlier. No, or five years yeah. later, probably. Or five yeah. years later. No, yeah. You're absolutely right. I often think there's just a moment in... I know, it's a moment in yeah. whatever I d- there decides to totally. do for you. I don't think there's any way, because fi- when I started on television, I was the first of what they deemed experts. But I think five years later, they'd everyone had cottoned on to the fact that you need to get people who know what they're talking about in the first place, because it's a lot cheaper <laughs> than just trying to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, brilliant! Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Well, it's 
Have you got anything that you can tell us that's coming up or is it all top secret? No, now I've got loads coming up, actually. It's oh, really good, exciting. Good. So, um, so, yeah, we've got another series of... My favourite. Yes, your, fa- your favourite. Hopefully you'll like this one. And then I've got a daytime series, which is sort of a spin-off of that series, which comes out after that. And then... Uh, yeah, and then I've got another couple of docs that I'm working on, book I'm working on as well. So, um, oh, I say you've done a few books, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I haven't done a book for a few years, so this is kind of cool to get back to writing. It's Lovely. it's fun, and then keeping the children. Well, they seem to have more and more gigs coming up, which is really exciting. So, soon is I'm that happening. what is that what they want to do when they leave school? Probably they go to uni and stuff, though, won't they? Um, well, yeah, the jury's a bit out. My eldest son, uh, he. He's in his gap year. He's recording at the moment because oh, okay. um, because he's got a place at uh, university to study music. But he's kind of seeing how this year goes because yeah, I mean it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride because they they did really their first single they relate released which was great got to number one in the rock tunes. I was did like, it? yeah, that's fantastic. So then they released another one. Um, but they've written loads of other stuff because they performed it all summer, but they're now recording it all. Brilliant. And oh, so, well, yeah. I wish them well. Oh, oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's really fun. So exciting to be that young and doing all I that. Know. That's brilliant. I well, know. it's been so lovely to meet you, even if it's only virtually, but <laughs> maybe we'll meet, meet properly one day. Well, that would be great. I've got a, I've, I've got a festival I want to talk to you about next summer, so which is about, oh, okay. which is about clothes. So, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, hook up and talk about that. <laughs> lovely that'd be lovely lovely to meet you properly thank you for joining me thank you and it's so lovely to see lovely you. to chat bye. bye oh that was such a lovely chat with sarah and i'm sure you will join me in wishing her well uh, she looks fantastic actually and um, i love her spirit and um, i'm so looking forward to the new series of a new life in the country so do tune into that and tune in to me next week. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. heard a stripped media production.